You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton Bailey. I'm joined alongside my buddy Jacob here. And you can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And uh, today's show is brought to you by PristineAuction.com. Pristine is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. All of our listeners have actually have a chance to win a Jordy Nelson signed football championship trophy. Trophy, check that out on Twitter to see a uh, to see a picture of it on our Twitter page. All you got to do is head over to pristineauction.com and click register on top of the page. Um, when you register, use our registration code FARV, and you'll be entered into the contest as a bonus. Pristine Auction will kick in ten dollars off your first winning auction. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. The drawing will be held on Monday, September 19th. So I want to thank Pristine Auction for sponsoring the show. And uh, first things first, Jacob, we are going to do us a chalk talk segment here tonight. Dude, are you excited? I am. I am. I have to try to find some glimmer of hope in my life <laughs> because of the fact that my soul was snatched out and just crushed yesterday. Uh, I, I, we talked about it on the little behind closed doors. I just got done recording our uh, Packernet Fantasy podcast with the guys just before I got on with Clayton. And man, to literally have like a pregame talk and be like positive because <laughs> nobody wants to hear any doom and gloom right now. It's uh, we looked at what happened last year. One, obviously, I don't think it was that bad at all uh, compared to the Saints game. So I want to try to put our uh, best foot forward here, stay a little positive, a little energetic, and um, yeah, man, let's talk some ball in a, in a, in a positive way. Absolutely. So what we're going to do, guys, we're going to break down a play from yesterday. It was the uh, Aaron Jones 29-yard run there in the third quarter. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we're also going to look at some PFF grades and just kind of talk in general about what went wrong and do it, like we said, in a more positive manner. Dude, I I, it, it, <laughs> I said I'm going, in, I'm going in today and I'm going to be positive, Jacob, right? I hopped on Twitter and the first thing I seen is one of these media idiots on there just doom and gloom. And I'm calling them out. I'm like, bro, like nobody wants to hear it. You can talk about what went wrong without acting like you're the smartest guy in the room and pretend like we've got morons for coaches and we get the worst roster in the world. It just, I don't know, it, it blows my mind how they go about that. But um, we've also got guys and gals listening to this on podcast form here on uh, Tuesday afternoon. So welcome in. Appreciate you guys joining us. But let's waste no time and let's get right into it. And this play I'm going to share my screen here. And first of all, I want to apologize. If you have been hearing a lisp in my voice, there's something <laughs> with Restream. I listened back to one of our pods the other day, and it was horrible. Like, literally, I sounded like I was missing my two front teeth. It was really, really bad, Jacob. It was, so I sound like Uncle Bill, you know, reading the Sunday paper. That's what it sounded like. But as you can see here on the screen, can you see this, Jacob? I can, yeah. Okay, awesome. So we're going to try to describe on the podcast for, for those listening 
um, exactly what's going on here. Again, this play was the third quarter. There was nine minutes and six seconds left. Aaron Jones had a 29-yard touchdown run. And, Jacob, I'm going to do this, man. We kind of talked off air, and we I, I didn't tell you what this meant. You want me to read the play first and let you try to describe it? I Just because I've been trying to – and, first of all, you said a 29-yard touch, 29 touchdown run. It wasn't a touchdown run, was it? No, no, I'm sorry. 29-yard run. It was not a touchdown run. I Correct. apologize. I right. wish it was a touchdown run. My God. Right, yeah. No, and <laughs> so uh, what, I, existence. <laughs> what I wanted to do was because when you hear these play calls, even when I first started podcasting with Clayton, it made my eyes just cross, and you kind of go, what did, what just happened? You know, and after hanging out with Clayton, reading some material, you know, listening to some uh, just some other guys and, and different terminology, it starts to really make – sense and stop to make your like i said your eyes cross and your head hurt so the play if if i may clay is 11 gun strong left y off trio half back weak zone left read bubble alert so again you hear that and you go uh-huh and um that's what i used to do so, <laughs> so i'm assuming then let me know if i'm wrong interject whenever you'd like 11 personnel gun means 11 personnel in the shotgun strong left means the tight end is to the left hand side the Y off trio, I believe, means the Y receiver is off the line of scrimmage. Trio means there's three wide receivers. Halfback weak simply means the halfback is on the weak side. Zone left read means it could be a, a zone left run play. But then what got me a little confused, what the heck is a bubble alert? Am I right so far? Yeah, you are. You're nailing it, dude. And uh, first cool. of all, let's let's talk about the Y off trio. Again, the play call, guys, 11 gun, strong left, Y off trio, halfback weak, zone left read, Bubble alert. Okay. The Y off trio, the Y receiver. If you look at the screen here, Jake, and I'll describe it to everybody. The tight end is on, you know, the strong, it's strong left. So the tight end on the left side of the line, he is the Y receiver. Okay. The tight end is the Y. Now you'll notice he is not on the line of scrimmage. See how he's off. So yes. that's telling, that's communicating with the offensive players that the tight end will not be on the line of scrimmage. Therefore, you're going to have Cobb on the line of scrimmage. He's technically the slot receiver okay and then on the other side you have sammy watkins now the fact that sammy watkins is on the line of scrimmage and romeo dobbs at the top of the screen is not that makes and it depends on the offense but nine times out of ten that makes sammy watkins the x receiver the x receiver always is on the line of scrimmage for the most part the z or the uh the z receiver would be dobbs up top because he is off the line of scrimmage but yes why mean why um why off means the tight end is off the line of scrimmage and then trio means they are in a trip set you know you hear it called trio you hear it called trips typically when it's why off trio you, it's very seldom you hear why off trips for whatever reason why off trio is what you get and what that's saying is the tight end is bunched up with two other receivers if it was a spread look then maybe the tight end would be detached or it could be Y off spread. And that would mean the slot would be down here with Sammy. And again, X and Z, the only difference is the fact that the X receiver is on the line of scrimmage. So um, as far as your question about zone left read, you got to kind of get into the play to understand why it's a zone left read. Okay. So if it was just zone left bubble alert, what that would mean is it was just a zone left and you would have a bubble alert option. A bubble route is essentially, it's like you're drawing a backwards bubble, like back towards the quarterback from a receiver, okay? So the route, I'm going to roll it here a little bit, Jacob. Watch Sammy at the bottom of the screen. 
See how he fades out? Wow, he yeah. kind of creates a bubble. Okay, that's a bubble. Now, why is it a bubble alert? First of all, zone left read. It's a read option. Now, I don't think it's very, very, very seldom in Matt LaFour's playbook is Aaron Rodgers actually going to run a read option. However, just the existence of him keeping the ball, just the, the chance of him keeping the ball, Jacob, makes a huge difference. And, and I'm going to show you right here, and we'll get into it in a second, but watch Aaron Rodgers right here. He takes the snap, right? Now look how he fakes the hand. You know, he, he could fake the handoff and keep it. That's a read option. That's what makes it a zone left read. Now, the reason I point that out, and we'll get to it again here in more detail, I want you to really key in on this edge defender down here. Watch him hesitate because he yeah. it's his responsibility to stay with Aaron. See him hesitate right there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what the read option does. It, it essentially neutralizes that guy. Now, right off the bat, you'll notice as soon as Sammy flares out in the bubble, he takes a jab step back. Look at that edge defender. Yeah. yeah. So he takes him – like, at no point in this play is he comfortable with being in on the play. He's just completely on his heels. Can he I ask goes a question back. quick? Yeah, absolutely. In this re, uh, in this play or the read option, whatever you want to call it, is there an uh, option for Rodgers to actually pull the ball out and pass it, or do the offensive linemen go down the field too far, and is that why Watkins is doing that little back step to do that kind of – it looks like almost a wheel route starting or something like that? That's why it's called a bubble alert. If Aaron comes to the line and he doesn't like this hat count over here, and what I mean yep. by hat count, if he doesn't like his numbers game for the run, what he would say at the line is alert, alert. Okay. When he says alert, just like one of the plays we showed a couple of preseason, I think it was the second or third preseason game, we did a chalk talk. If he says alert at the line, that tells the offensive line, lag back because I may throw this bubble. That's where the bubble alert comes in. So if okay. he comes to the line and says alert, the offensive line know, okay, we can't just fire off the ball because if we're one yard down the down the field and he throws a pass, that's ineligible receiver down or ineligible man yeah. down the field. Okay. So that's why that bubble alert comes into play. Eleven gun, strong left, Y off trio, halfback weak, zone left read, bubble alert. And now what's cool is let's just take it right from the top. First of all, the defense, Jacob, there and listen, if you have any questions, dude, stop me. And if I've got the answer, I'll answer it. If not, we will get the answer. That's a beautiful thing about this segment, okay? So stop me at any point and say, Clayton, hold up, all right? But they're in a nickel two four five. They may call it something different. They may call it a NASCAR package because I do notice that their, uh, their pass rushers, their quote-unquote edge defenders move around a lot, right? So what you essentially have, though, is a nickel two four five. You've got two down linemen, and you've got four linebackers. You can see them here. Yep. And then you've got um, five DBs. You've got a corner, a corner in the slot, a corner out here uh, playing off the ball, uh, off of Sammy. And then you've got two safeties high. So they're playing that Vic Fangio, two safeties on the shelf, cover four look. That's what they're playing. Now, what's cool is in that Vic Fangio, you get a lot of cover six. And by cover six, it basically means you split the field in half. Half the field's cover four. Half the field's cover two, four plus two equals six. That's why it's called a cover six. That's what it kind of looks like to me. These corners up on the top of the screen are in a cover two look, and down here this corner is in more of a cover four look because typically when you're playing a cover two, the corners are not necessarily impressed, but you know anywhere from two to three, maybe four yards off the line of scrimmage. And when you're playing a cover four, the corner 
is much closer to eight or nine yards off the line of scrimmage. Okay, so I just want to mention that that nickel that's a nickel two four five defense. Now, why do I mention that? Because we've got Big Dog in the formation as tight end, which we all know is one of the better run blocking tight ends in the entire National Football League has been his whole career. So essentially, we've got the disadvantage with their nickel defense being in and us having quote unquote an extra offensive line in Big Dog because he's just that good at run blocking. Okay, so. Right off the bat, we're at the advantage, and that explains why Aaron would never holler alert at the line of scrimmage right here because he wants to play this run game. Now, he's got to sell that read option to neutralize this edge defender on the weak side, and that's very, very important. So, first of all, Sammy Watkins, um, he's the X receiver. Like we said, he's on the line of scrimmage, and what he does is he causes – he. With him and the way this split is set up, his distance from the from the offensive line, this linebacker really has to acknowledge that he's there because if he just fires off the ball, Aaron may dump it real quick. Essentially, you can tell this guy playing so far off the line of scrimmage, the corner that's you know roughly eight yards away from Sammy Watkins, then he's vulnerable to that short pass. So this linebacker has got to kind of keep Aaron honest. So when you roll it forward and you look, look at Aaron's eyes. He immediately looks at that edge defender. Look at he's staring a hole through him like like Mandy stares at me when I don't take the trash out. Look at this right, here. <laughs> right. So he's staring a hole through him. That causes that linebacker to hesitate, and the alert was never on, so he's not going to dump that. But essentially, when you go back to the beginning of the play, you've already got two defenders neutralized, Jacob. You've got this corner neutralized, and you've got the safety that's on the shelf. That's why I got so frustrated during the live stream and why I've been screaming. You know, I, I've got it right here in my notes. And I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to say I told you so, but my key to the game was you have to put yourself in a position where you can stay with the run because your runs are the, your, your halfbacks are the best offensive weapons on the field outside of Aaron Rodgers, you know, at, at quarterback. But on top of that, they're going to be playing a lot of that too high look, that cover four type defense, or at least a cover six. You've got to start a cover six with the two safeties on the shelf. So they were going to be vulnerable to the run. They come out in a nickel. We've got our big dog tied in, in and we're ready to run the freaking rock. Okay. So let's do this hat count. I really want to key in on hat count. And we're going to kind of zoom in here just a just a touch right here. If you look at the hat count, if you include this edge defender that's being neutralized by the read option, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six defenders within the box. Okay. You've got six defenders in here. We've got one, two, three, four, five offensive linemen plus big dog. So it's six on six, a hat on a hat. That's set up perfect. That's that's why you stay with the run in this in this position. But again, Aaron with that read option capability neutralizes that sixth defender. So now what you've got, Jacob, is six blockers on five defenders. Yeah. It's this is set up for success. From the get-go, it's very, very important to, to point out that Aaron Jones is the free man in this play. Okay, and do you have any questions up to this point? No, man, that's all. Uh, all makes sense. I just um, is that Zach Tom there pulling? Yeah, we'll, we're going to get to that. And what I'm going to try to do to keep this uniform is I'm going to work from right to left. If you're behind the if you're behind the line of scrimmage facing the defense, we're going to go from right tackle all the way across the left side of this play. Okay, because again, this is a a zone left run. Okay. So as we roll it forward, let's let's key in on first the right tackle and the right guard as we zoom in. Their job right here, first of all, for you guys listening on the pod, you've got 
the uh, the defensive line on that side is in a three technique. Okay, so you've got a defensive lineman splitting the right guard and the right tackle. The next uh, defensive lineman is in a three technique between the left tackle and the left guard. But you've got this linebacker that's creeped up in this A gap right here, Jacob. You see him? He's yep. roughly one yard off the line of scrimmage, so he's looking to attack the center. He's looking is to that, attack that A gap. Is that Darius? I, I don't think it is. It may be, but as we roll it forward, it's 91. Uh, no, it's a 90 number. That ain't him. Is, is that Daniil Hunter, 91? I, I think it, it may God, be. That might be Daniil. That's what I was saying, man. They love to move those edge defenders around. And I was trying to see exactly where Z was. I think Z might be at the top of the screen. Um, Gosh, it's hard to see there. You know, I don't think that's Daniil because Daniil, I believe, is 99. But I could be Okay, wrong. well, whoever it is, yeah. Um, he's in that A gap. Okay. So watch the right tackle in the right guard. Their job is, and this is zone blocking as opposed to, you know, a hat, you know, just man on man blocking. Watch them work their way left. You've got Hanson and Royce Newman. You got Royce Newman at right tackle. You've got Hanson at right guard. Look at them. They just completely bail and they're looking to get what they're trying to do is they're trying to form a wall here, right? They're trying to seal off this inside part. And what's cool is, with that three technique, watch Josh Myers. He just avoids it. He kind of gives a little punch to that inside linebacker, yeah. and he's he's going to the next level. That's how it's designed to work. But, again, the right tackle and the right guard, Royce Newman and Jake Hansen, they're looking to block left. They're going to take out the three technique and the A-gap linebacker. That's their assignment right here. Okay? So, now, as we move on to Josh Myers, like we said, he's got a second-level responsibility. Let's follow Josh Myers here. A little punch. He's at the second level. This is setting up nice. But watch what he does, Jacob. Comes he back turns. The Ooh. He literally, for, for those of you listening on the podcast, he turns around and is like, this is too good to be true. Let yeah. me come back and try to hit this edge defender. But what he don't understand is Aaron Jones already has him beat. If yep. he keeps going to that next level, Jacob. That might be a touchdown. He's, he's on that safety. And then watch what Aaron does. Aaron makes that corner miss, and he's off to the freaking races. But instead, Josh Myers is there like a like a fart in a fan factory. Don't know what's going on, right? <laughs> and he did and, take out two guys, but no, no. But look, this is what's funny, and I wanted to save it for the end, but you're already picking up on it. Aaron Jones does this stop juke, and he makes the safety tackle Josh Myers' <laughs> leg. He does. <laughs> and look, Myers almost Myers almost helps him. And pushes him away like, get, go that way. <laughs> yeah. But look, this safety thinks he's got Aaron Jones. And he's probably thinking, man, Aaron Jones got some big thighs. Oh, man, that's funny. That's hilarious, dude. I, that was the, the moment for me, dude. It was it was awesome. So, again, that Josh Meyer, second-level responsibility, comes off the ball nice, shows that athleticism. But, again, it's a negative play because he should have never turned around. He should have just formed this wall and tried to seal at least, uh, you know, Harrison off here, Harrison yeah. Smith or – Ideally, go after the free safety and just take them both out. But yep. um, all right, let's go on to the left tackle. I'm going to skip over left guard Zach Tom for a second, and there's a reason for it. I want you to really focus on Yash at left tackle right here. Now, keep in mind his responsibility, especially in the pass blocking game, is to take this this seven technique on the top of the screen that your right outside linebacker or right edge defender. That's his responsibility, right? But with this. With this zone blocking scheme, you got Zach Tom pulling from left guard, but watch Yash. Yash cracks down on that three tech, and I want you to look at this wall they form. Look at this jumbled up man. That's that's more that's more beef 
than your local butcher right there. Look at all these bodies in here, dude. That's like unbelievable. And you got two guys out front leading the charge. So I just want to point out, watch Yash. Yash cracks down, and he's going to seal off that three technique on the strong side. You got the two big hog mollies, uh, Hanson and Royce Newman, coming in, just kind of keeping these big guys at bay. And now let's go on to Zach Tom. Zach Tom at left guard. Watch him pull. That, this is a lot like that sift block that we talked about the yeah. tight end. <laughs> You're here, real Tyler, Tyler Davis Gates. in the sit block. <laughs> we know, right? So, <laughs> with Yash leaving him untouched, you'd think, okay, well, maybe Big Dog's going to block him. No, Big Dog is doing the same exact thing Josh Myers is doing. They're getting to the next level because mm -hmm. they know Zach Tom's pulling. He seals off that edge defender, and I want you to look at the burst that Aaron Jones has got through that's, that hole. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's what that's kind of the thing that sprung him is Zach Tom. I know Zach Tom. When we were talking on the live stream, I heard people going, man, I think Zach Tom had a good game. There was a couple times I looked at the tape as we were watching it. You know, I was on quite a delay, Jacob. So as you guys were watching the game, I would see you react, and then I would watch on mine, you know, what seemed like a minute and a half later. And Zach Tom, he didn't play that well. This play here, though, was the one that stood out because it was like as soon as he came in the game, this happened, and he makes a great seal block right there, you know. And it is what he is. He's a rookie. That's a great play. I mean, he really helped his own right there that's what sprung that run so the left guard zach tom pulls left seals the outside edge who is coming free kind of that sift type look of course sift is typically attached to a tight end doing that very thing coming all the way across the formation this is just a a pulling guard this is a guard pulling to the strong side which sometimes is kind of rare but you know the strong side guard pulling strong um, is is pretty unique, but that's that's what's so unique about this this running system. So um, let's move on to tight end, big dog, big dog at the tight end position again. Y off, he's he's about a yard off the line of scrimmage, but he is that Y. He's attached to the offensive line. As the ball snapped, he immediately goes. He lets that edge defender go. He gets to the second level and watch him take Kendricks right here. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> and it's. It's all about technique. He didn't. He didn't like muscle. And first of all, look how big Big Dog is compared to Hendricks. He's a monster. Look at him next to Josh Myers, dude. That's he, crazy. He's I was just gonna say he's almost yeah. as big as Myers is. Absolutely. So what he does here, what I like though, is he let Kendrick. He lets Kendricks over pursue, right? Yep. And then he yep. seals the inside. So now you've got this wall. Here's the big beef in the middle, sealing off the inside. Zach Tom sealing off that edge defender. And now you've got this wall created with Mercedes Lewis, right? And that's really, really what springs this play into, act, into action and getting to the next level, all right? Any questions up to this point? No, man, this all makes sense. Cool. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, let's, let's move on to the slot wide receiver, which is Randall Cobb, okay? This is the thing that stands out to me about Randall Cobb. He didn't do a great job blocking right off the line, but watch how he sells his his uh, pass route. And you can see him up here, right, the slot receiver right here, right yep. next to Big Dog. What he does is he really sells the fact that he's running around, and then yeah. he locks it up. Now, you would like to see him try to get inside that receiver or inside that corner and seal it off. But again, he's his goal is I got to sell this route, and he does. He gets the guy backpedaling right here. That's kind of ugly. That's that's not good technique. So I would give Cobby a minus on this play. Although, you know, it, yeah, the guy didn't make the tackle on Aaron Jones, but still, you want to see him try to get inside on that and help seal that edge a little bit. And now you're seeing where Josh Myers is going 
oh no, what did I do here? <laughs> right. Yeah. He's he's literally he's in the best position to tackle Aaron Jones, and that's not a good look, you know, on this uh this outside zone run. So um again, Cobby sells the pass route, then blocks. Now let's go up top to the Z, and that's Romeo Dobbs, right? You see him at the top of your screen. Zomeo, Romeo Dobbs in the Z, uh, about a yard and a half off the line of scrimmage. He comes up and initially you know, he gets himself in a position to make a block, but look how easy that block is shed. Like, you've yeah. got to finish. You you can't just square up there and go. He's going into a pass blocking set. You've got to drive that guy down the field, right? And we've seen that right. in the preseason, Jacob. He's in the right place. He's schematically sound, but technique-wise, he just didn't finish. But he did kind of win me over at the end of this play. Watch Dobbs at the end. He knows, man, that, oh, I screwed up. Now watch him get back downfield here and recover. And he comes back. And just cleans number three up, <laughs> right? I did see and that's that what play there. Yeah, between him and Christian Watson, I know everybody had a bad game, but those two receivers, man, they look like NFL receivers to me. They're not afraid to get in there and get dirty. And yeah. and you can see he kind of recovers there. It, you know, it goes without saying if Josh Myers hadn't been in the way of everybody, that guy probably makes that tackle. But again, um, Romeo Dobbs, look at him chasing him down the field too. Yep. I mean, yeah, he I like did cook him. Yeah, took him out at the end right there, right? So, um, I you know, I would give Romeo Dobbs. It's probably a push on that play, you know. But the the capper, though, is Aaron Jones, man. Aaron Jones made this go. I can't believe Jacob. He only got five carries. I'm trying not to bring it back up. It's driving me insane. He averaged 10 yards a pop, man, 9.8. If he just gave him five more carries, just. He, <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd been over 100, 100 yards. But watch Aaron this whole play. Aaron takes the handoff. That's not an easy thing to run full speed, expecting these. I mean, look at ninety. Look at ninety four. If ninety four comes free, Aaron Jones is Oof. dead. You know what I mean? That yeah. takes some waybos to run through that, <laughs> to run through that hole that fast. Now he gets upfield, makes this guy the burst gets by the guy that that beats Cobb. Now Cobb kind of rebounds too. If you look back at Cobb trailing, Cobb tries to. Um, let's see if I can get back to it. Cobb comes downfield and gets him a little bit of a linebacker out there. You see yeah. that? Yeah. It's funny, man. The, Aaron Jones is stiff. Cobb comes up and just nails him. Yeah, absolutely. So Cobb did finish strong. You like to see that. Um, but watch Jones comes through the hole, and then this is the best part again. Runs into Josh Myers. <laughs> and this safety tackles Josh Myers' thigh. <laughs> oh, man. If you guys could see this, too, on the pod, this guy, he's – He's, it's not like he just, oh, I ran into him. He wraps him up and thinks he's, he's got Aaron Jones. He thinks he has the ball carrier for sure, yeah. <laughs> he tackles Josh Myers. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. And, and again, the 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 only the main bad thing about this play is it's, it's so frustrating seeing Josh Myers with all that athleticism here in front and then just completely botching it at the end. You know, and turning around facing the off. You, as a run blocker, you never want to be facing the ball carrier. That's just, you know, but I don't know what he was thinking. I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. But that's all right. Big play, like I said, 29 yard run. Um, if Myers doesn't turn around there, this may go for six, Jacob. It really might. So yeah. let's run it a couple times in full motion here just to kind of see it. Everything. I mean, it's just, it's pretty fluid. Aaron Jones <laughs> has got so much burst. Yeah, he does, man. Yeah, looking good. I'm all about some Aaron Jones, dude. I am all about it. So, again, that play call, guys, was 11-gun, strong left, Y off trio, halfback weak, 
zone left read, bubble alert. All right. 11 gun, strong left, Y off trio, halfback weak, zone left read, bubble alert. 29 yard run by Aaron Jones there in the third quarter. Arguably the biggest play of the day, and that's why I used it. It was definitely my favorite play of the day. And uh, yeah, just wish, like we said, Jacob, that uh, they could have gotten. Uh, Gotten Aaron Jones the ball just a, a little bit more, man. That would have been really, really nice. So, um, yeah. What do you think, man? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's like you said, man. It's the it's always easy to be a motorback, and it's it's you know, I, I one thing that I I'm sick of hearing is why didn't we have Jair shadowing Justin Jefferson? And I understand that sentiment on its face, but um, I believe Matt LaFleur was asked that question either today or yesterday in a post-conference or a podium conference. And the guy basically said, yeah, we could do that. And then we have to change our complete defensive philosophy on its head to, to accommodate that. And part of me thinks, okay, well, that makes sense. And the other part says, well, the guy almost caught 200 yards. So why <laughs> it feels like you probably need to make that adjustment. You know what I mean? So um, in addition to that, you know, I, I just go back to that first play. If Watson makes that catch, man, um, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different narrative. Everything from the fact that, you know, Goody would get more for drafting a great wide receiver and and all that. So it's uh, it's not really ideal, obviously. I mean, you look at, like you said, Aaron Jones, five carries for 49 yards, 10 yards a pop. Dylan came in there for 10 yard, uh, 10 carries, 45 yards a pop, four and a half, had one touchdown. And then Dobbs coming in there with, with one end round for, you know, a carry for 11 yards. Christian Watson got in the game a little bit doing the end round stuff. So it's, um, we had some stuff that's encouraging, you know, it's just, it's not ideal, like I said, and everything, um, Everything hopefully will work itself out. Quay Walker and Chris Barnes sounds like they don't have serious injuries, which is amazing because obviously Quay looked amazing for um, the bulk of that game, finished with eight total tackles, seven solo. And the fact that, you know, Devondre ended up with 11 totals, five solo. I mean, we, we had some stuff to, to be excited about and get excited about. So looking forward, man, I'm just – I'm hopeful. I'm a little worried because that Bears game, uh, that just spells uh, – I don't even want to think about what could happen if we drop one of the Bears. I don't even – I'll lose my mind. I don't know if I can – I did that live stream. You guys saw some of you maybe, but I had to walk away a couple times. I had to log off a couple times. Clayton, I swear, was just watching me after the first half. He no, I was cracking up, man. And I don't know what happened. We just had some technical difficulties, but it's awesome that the stream. You're good. I carried all the way through, no problems. Yeah, dude, you're a pro. You kidding me? Been doing this forever. Yeah, um, yeah the, the live stream was interesting. It's always frustrating when we're not synced up. You know, if we were all synced up at the same time, it would be a, a lot more enjoyable. But you know, it is what it is. We do what we can with what we got. Hopefully, with Sunday night football next week, if we do a live stream, we'll actually be able to be synced up a little bit better but um we're hoping that all you guys watching on youtube and obviously in the podcast hopefully that didn't cut out completely we'll find out soon enough but we're at the 30 minute mark so what we're going to do we're going to take us a quick commercial break and when we get back we're going to look at some pff grades and just kind of break the game down in a little more detail you know the fog of war has lifted jacob we're no longer upset and mad about everything right and we're going to look at what happened and, um, and kind of go from there. 
And uh, if you want to step away for a second, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, what we'll do is, uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and, and look at the PFF grades. But again, let's uh, let's pay some bills real quick, guys. All right, so we're back. Let's do this. Let's kind of look um, at how everything transpired as far as PFF grade, okay? And Jacob will be back with us here in just a second. But um, when you look at the uh, the overall PFF scores and just from a team perspective, okay, the overall grade for the Green Bay Packers was a 56.0. Gosh, not going to get it done. Now, again, you got to take this with a grain of salt because the grades – I've learned that within the first 48 hours of the game concluding, the grades typically uh, move a little bit. But this is a pretty good assessment of, of how the game went. Okay, Overall grade for the Packers, 56. Offensive grade was a 61.4. Um, passing grade was a 58.4. I, I can't remember a, a time, and I'm sure maybe it's happened, but I can't remember a time when our passing grade was that low with Aaron Rodgers playing in the game. Um, it was abysmal. I mean, I mean, it, maybe the Saints game was was worse last year. I didn't go back and check that grade, but a fifty-eight point four is really bad. Now the pass blocking was even worse, a fifty-six point seven. The receiving grade for the Packers was a sixty-one point five. Now here's the big the big thing. You know, it, it's amazing how people they'll bash PFF and they say oh, I don't I don't I don't trust it this and that. Everything we've seen on the live stream and talked about, we need to stay with the run. The running game is there. There, the only thing that graded out well on offense was the running back, 76.5, right? The run blocking was a 50.5. We need those tackles back ASAP. And I would like to see Zach Tom get in a little bit more and get comfortable. Uh, I think Jake Hansen, the honeymoon's over now. I got as excited as anybody in the preseason watching him in the preseason, and I felt like Jacob – that Hanson played pretty well in the preseason. But, man, I'm telling you right now, that was ugly yeah, yesterday. Got, like Justin said, he got put on skates multiple times, one by Zedarius. And, by the way, why did why, why did it have to be Zedarius? He knew it was going to happen, too. And I don't know if you touched on it already, but, like you said, the run block in grade was a 50.5. That's 30th, guys. And at that time of the ranking, two teams hadn't played yet. So that's dead last as far as what's going on. Right? <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> and and then another thing, like what Clayton said, we chose to not run the ball for whatever reason. Our running grade was a 76.5. That's tied for six with guess who? Minnesota. So um, I, it frustrates me beyond no doubt. As a fantasy perspective, it's even more frustrating when you look at the fact that Aaron Rodgers, I don't have these right in front of me, but I'm fairly certain he ended up with 4.7 fantasy points. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, that ranked him at 30 out of 32 starting quarterbacks or however you want to do that metric. Guess who was number 31? Jordan Love with 2.7 points off of that last drive. That's it. He had like five passes, four of them completed, ends up with it's just, I mean, talk about <laughs> bad. I mean, it was poor Justin drafted Rodgers, so he had to go back on our podcast today and own that. It, it, how many how was, many points? How many fantasy points for Rogers? Four point seven. Four point seven. Oh my god! It was dude. bad, bad. And here's the thing, man. It sucks. It sucks to sit through that, Jake. But at the same time, Rogers is going to be one ticked off human being going in against the Bears. Yeah. And I and I'm yeah. I'm I'm here for it. I really am. Um, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball for team grades. Okay, defensively, a fifty-two point five. The run defense grade. 
48.5. And again, when I was game planning for this, it, it, that was the big vulnerability for the Packers was our, our run defense last, last year was horrible. Well, this 48.5 is lower than what our run defense grade was last year, which was in the 50s. The tackling grade, horrendous, 36.4 for the Packers defense. Now, the pass rush, we talked about it at times. It got frustrating because it was just a four-man rush, but I didn't like the fact that they were trying to attack the edges rather than push the pocket into Kirk Cousins' face. I really didn't like that. Again, they they know more about this than I do, and I'm sure they seen something from the last two meetings they had with them and probably what they know about Kevin O'Connell and this same scheme that they run, Jacob. They probably seen something where, hey, look, we really want to put a threat on the edge to uh, to try to stop the, the outside zone I, run. That might have been it, but go ahead. Yeah, I, so that, if you remember, the whole game, you could hear me screaming, why is Gary out there with Garvin? Or why is Kingsley <laughs> out there with Garvin? Why is Rashawn out there with – like they never – I don't know what was going on. I don't, I'm so questioning if it was a conditioning issue or if it was something along the lines of what you said, where they had some sort of weird game plan where they wanted these edge uh, rushers so fresh. I ended up, I don't again, have it in front of, but I'm almost hundred percent sure that Preston Smith had 53 snaps. Sean Gary had 49 snaps. Kingsley and Igbari had 10 snaps and Garvin had 12. Now it doesn't seem like a big disparity, but for the third and the fourth string edge rushers to have that many rushes, uh, defensive attempts, and the fact that, like I said, even though those numbers don't seem huge, but most of those were not Gary and Preston on the field at the same time. They were mixing and matching with the first and fourth, you know, or the second and third. And to me, I don't understand that. And it was usually, it was on all downs. It was on first down, it was on second down, it was on third down. To me, I, I that blew my mind. And the Packers are really not known for throwing rookies out there so early. So it was surprising to see Kingsley getting that much that many snaps and then just the fact that there really wasn't a lot to show for it. I mean, Gary ended up with a sack. Um, Keyshawn Nixon had the best defensive grade off of one snap and the guy. <laughs> one play. So, you know, how that went. And then the tackling grades, like you said, I mean, oh, I, yeah. hey, it's not, it's not great. Yeah. Take the game ball and bury it, dude. Bury it. That's, right. move on. That's all you can do. Now I heard somebody say, burn the tape. Don't burn the tape. You got to learn from the tape. You got to, you got to right. get in there and take your medicine today. And I guarantee you there was some shouting going on watching that tape, but coverage uh, again, pass rush grade 68.3, not horrible, but I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> when that's the highlight of the defense, that's pretty bad. Wow. Did you see though, that Kenny Clark's pass rush grade was a 90.6. Kenny was a beast, and and That's... you guys heard us talk about this too. You heard us talk about in the offseason, Kenny slimmed down. Is he going to play edge? Not edge, but is he going to play defensive end more rather than just the nose? And that's exactly what you've seen. You've seen some snaps there where he was he was out there around that four technique, right? And uh, it paid off. So that's a plus. That's definitely a positive uh, coming out of the game for sure. Didn't Rashawn Gary record a sack? Am I thinking right? He did, yep. He recorded a sack. What was his pass rush grade? Well, we'll get into it. Never mind. Let's let's just finish up your special teams. Um, he was second overall. Real gotcha. quick, sixty nine point one second overall. So he also okay. He did Rashawn Gary team, type right? Things. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, and the special team grade was a forty eight point three. But I'll be honest with you guys, I was happy with the special teams. I thought they played okay. It sounded like that came from uh, some missed tackles, and it sounded like Rudy Ford had kind of a bad game. Uh, missed tackle there on special teams. Let's move on to the offensive grades player-wise, okay? The top Can I quick player. interject, Clayton? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. 
it's just you say special teams. You know they're ranked 29. We did improve. Ryan touched on this on his podcast. We improved our special teams. One full point. One full <laughs> ranking. We went from 30th overall to 29th. And granted, as I said earlier, when this when these grades came out, two teams had not played. So we were almost dead last again. Unbelievable, man. It's Unbelievable. just I, but I again, know. man, there, you know. I know there was a cut like Matt LaFleur said, you know, the 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 pump protection was a little leaky, but I loved our punting. Yeah, dude, we we got a punter and yeah. the holding. I think the holding, like I said in the preseason, the holding aspect is taken care of now. I think we've got us a punter and uh, now it's just kind of buttoning everything up. Let's take that special teams and try to get in the top 20 somehow, some yeah. way. That's all we need. Right. Um, all right, so moving on to offense, the highest grade offensive player, Jacob, that I'm showing is Josiah DeGuar at a 79.9. He had 15 snaps. That's very, very, very uh, uplifting, man. That's that that makes me feel really good about Josiah DeGuar. Maybe this is the year that he takes that next step. The next highest graded player was my dog of the week, which was A.J. Dillon at a 76.7. Then you had Yash Nyman at 71. Yash had a pretty good game. Aaron Jones only a 68.5, but again, limited touches, and you've seen that big play. The thing I like about PFF, Jacob, is the fact that it, it, it it's really great in consistency, right? And you if you take that one big play away from Aaron Jones, obviously his average isn't near as high, right? But again, it counts, and that was a big play, and we just showed you on the Chalk Talk segment that – Aaron Jones made that play go. I mean, the burst and his ability to get get to that edge and run off tackle in that outside zone was huge. And this right here was promising, Jacob. Romeo Dobbs, 68.2 grade. Yes, and that was on – this is the big number for me. 35 snaps. Yep. 35 snaps. Am I seeing, too, that Yash Nyman played 61 snaps? Yes, sir. That's crazy. Same with Myers. Same with Hanson. Yeah. Wow, sixty-one <clears throat> snaps and grade out of seventy-one. That's that's good stuff. What stands out to you about the offensive grades? Any any of those players catch your eye, or even the negative too? We got to cover the negative too. Yeah. So when we're sitting here talking about snap counts, as I'm as I'm looking, I just I'm infuriated by the fact that I see Big Dog Mercedes Lewis had twenty-three snaps, Robert Tony had twenty-two. There's no reason that Tyler freaking Davis needs fifteen snaps. All right, I just don't. <laughs> I don't need that guy in there that much. And, you know, he had a decent pass blocking grade. He had a decent run blocking grade. He had a decent overall grade. But I just they don't want him. I don't want him there. And I don't get, again, that was my second. Uh, I, I couldn't understand why. why, why is Tanya hurt? Are you, you got him on a pitch count? We talked about this earlier, me and you, Clayton. And I feel like that probably had something to do with it. But it's like if the guy's out there and he's, he's going full bore on, a, on an NFL opening game, I mean, his run blocking grade was pretty poor 40.1 so maybe they just didn't think that that was going to help the game plan but to me we needed more receiving threats out there for Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tanya that's a no-brainer to me that he's isn't there some crazy stat where he hasn't like ever had a drop or he's had like one drop or something like that so yeah you want to talk about a guy that Rodgers trusts then there's your guy so yeah, it's it's got to be the ACL, Jacob. They had they had to have him on some kind of a, a snap count, you know, and yeah. and like, hey, look, we we only want to we want to ease him back into it because I mean, let's be honest, if they overwork that knee, 
and to get to the point where he miss, misses significant time, we're screwed, bro. Like we are screwed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you better get used to Tyler Davis if we <laughs> if we get that knee flaring up, right? For Tunyon. Um, again, another big thing as far as the highest graded aspects of the offense, uh, individual wise, AJ Dillon had an eighty point seven pass blocking grade, but also Josh. Yeah, Yash Nyman, 87.5 pass blocking grade. Yash is very, very underappreciated in this offense. I think so as well. I mean, a lot of people just love trashing the guy. It's like if you looked at his his, his stats, like his grades, he, he's done phenomenally. He's barely let up pressure sacks. And then you look at John Runyon, another guy that's maybe a little underrated. He's not great against the run at all, yeah. but he is very consistent against the pass. And I think he's in concussion protocol now, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, and when we looked at – you know, the game plan coming in, we we talked about how Zadarius just spilled the beans. He said, yeah, they're going to have me moving around like I was in Green Bay with, with Mike Patton and Mike Smith. And that's exactly yeah. what they did. They attacked the A-gap. Um, yep. They didn't they didn't beat up Yash Nyman at all, right? At right tackle, you had Royce Newman, whose pass blocking grade was a 47.8. Guys, he's a right guard playing right tackle. That's it, it, It's kind of par for the course, right? Um, yeah. Now – as far as uh, run blocking, though, well, first of all, pass blocking, John Runyon, before he went out with the concussion, he had 31 snaps, 84.6 pass blocking grade. He's carrying right over from last year, Jacob, in that pass blocking. I mean, he is he is an elite pass blocker, but that run blocking grade, 39.0. That's horrendous. Well, to touch on that, Jake Hansen, I just I can't believe it, but <laughs> pass blocking grade, 14.4. <laughs> You could stick my grandma in a wheelchair. <laughs> I think – I don't know how you get less than 20. Maybe they seen that his shoes were untied. I don't know. This, but, yeah. Bro, yeah. that's, that's rough. Why that's was rough. or something. <laughs> Anything else you want to hit on offense before we move on to defense? No, you kind of hit – I just was really impressed with um, A.J. Dillon's pass blocking grade, which I'm really surprised he got that grade when he got decleated by Zadarius Smith. I mean, he I guess he did his job. If you remember which play I'm talking about, I think Zedarius below literally decleats Dylan and then somehow still goes and makes the play. And I think he almost forced the fumble or something. It was it was just a great day. <laughs> All right, moving on to defense. The best overall defensive grade was Keyshawn Nixon, like Jacob said, 78.5, but that was only one snap and he separated his shoulder. <laughs> it is what it I is. can't laugh. You know, I feel horrible laughing, but it's like Yeah. But up next. So Kingsley and Igbar, um, and Igbarre, Anagbar, however you want to say it, 10 snaps, and he had a 71.7. That's that's a very small sample size, Jacob. But look at look at the rookie showing he can hold his own, man. 71.7. His uh his pass rate. This is what's crazy, is I would that's expect his pass rate yeah. to be good, but it was actually his run defense, right? Yeah, yeah. And I as much as I like I said, I'm sitting here yelling at the screen because I'm like, why is he in there? It's not that I don't like him as a player, it's that we have Preston and Gary. So why we're paying these guys money. We you know, we we saw what Gary can do. I'm so it's been so anticlimactic with him because I thought it was just gonna be a defensive line feast. But I mean he did get a, a, a sack, so I'm not sitting here complaining that much. But um yeah, man, to see Kingsley score that well and then we'll move on if you want to to the next guy which is devondre campbell old steady eddie man that guy just yeah seems like the, the only thing surprising about that is he had a 46.6 tackling grade which that seems a little um out of characteristics or you know not characteristic for him but there was a lot of really positive things you know seeing Razul and jair in the middle of the pack there quay 
Um, I think we heard you were, I believe, offline at that time, but it sounds like Quay Walker and Chris Barnes' injuries both are not as severe as they may have looked, which is wonderful. Um, so, you know, we got some pieces to build on. And again, Kenny Clark, man, that, that pass rush grade at 90.6 is incredible. Had an overall defensive grade of 70.1. So yeah. we got pieces. And <clears throat> let's, let's just kind of jump around here a little bit. You know, um, first of all, Jaron Reed, um, you know, graded out as a 62.1, but did, did a couple of promising things. His pass rush yeah. was horrible. I've seen a couple of times where he just – he got blew off the ball in pass rush, and I'm just like, how does that even happen? But his tackle grade, though, 71.4, run defense, 68.2, not horrible. Um, but my big whipping boy was definitely Eric Stokes. In my opinion, he and Darnell Savage just played horrible, horrible last night. It was – every time there was a big play, you look up, and they're shouting at each other. Darnell Savage looked like he needed a two-two. He was just spinning circles down the field, like he he was completely lost in this defense, pointing the finger, blaming it at other people. And then you had Eric Stokes that was just again at times I'm going, what are you? What is even your assignment on this play? Now his tackling grade seventy-eight point seven, played physical, you know, making tackles. And again, he was in the game for sixty-two snaps. Um, but Eric Stokes, man, a fifty-eight point six. Um, and his coverage grade, 58.8. You know, the thing that scares me is I noticed that Jair Alexander, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like from the offense's perspective, he was on the left side of the field most of the day. When Jair was last healthy of full season, he played on the right side. It's almost like they said, okay, Stokes held it down over there last year. Let's put Stokes on the right side, which would technically be left cornerback, and let's put Jair on the opposite side. Did you see it that way too, or did you uh, did you notice that, Jacob? To be honest, man, I'm, I was a little confused as to what they were doing. Because if you remember, I don't remember if it was Goose or somebody said, oh, Jair's now shadowing Jefferson. Yeah. And I watched like four plays and I was like, no, he's not. He's not. Right. Like, he's just simply not. And um, I, again, LaFleur said, yeah, we'd have to change our basically our whole concept of our defense to do that. So I I stopped watching Jair because, I, <laughs> be honest, I kind of just lost a little bit of my momentum at that point. And it's just whatever. I didn't want to keep, uh, but I, I thought Rizul did okay. I thought Jair did what Jair does, you know, and it's just, obviously you don't want to see Stokes. The thing that scares me more than Stokes and Savage is the fact that Adrian Amos was our worst graded player yeah. on defense. He had a 28.3 overrate. I mean, we're ripping on a guy for a 14 point, whatever pass grade. He had a 28.3 overall grade. And yeah. <clears throat> out of Amos, somebody that, we very much consider in high regard. I, that was, that's troubling. Yeah. And, you know, Darnell Savage, 29.7. Yeah. I mean, basically, you're safe. Yeah. That yeah. was it, dude. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to blame anybody, and here's what's crazy too. There, you know, it, before we even seen the PFF grades, what were we screaming last night? What is Darnell Savage doing? What yeah. is Eric Stokes doing? And then you come out today and bam. You see the grades. Darnell Savage played horrible, man. And I'm telling you right now, if this ain't the defense for him, let's find out now. But what really, really sucks is we picked up that fifth-year option now, right? He is under contract next year. And it is what it is. You're stuck with him now. Now, at, at least you – I want to say at least you don't have a scrub at safety if indeed he continues to play this bad. But that was scrub level last night, man. I mean, it really was. Um We'll see, man. Maybe he comes out next next week and lights it up. I hope he proves me wrong. But you're starting to see a pattern now. 
all last year, I felt like he was so inconsistent. Again, people will pull tape and they'll show little flash plays. I could care less about the flash plays. We're not playing Madden, right? I don't care about the interceptions. I want somebody who's going to play fundamentally sound and cover their part of the field and play the run fit the way it's designed to play. And and the the, the thing that was worse was I watched that play where he was on skates and he completely turned around running backwards and had no clue what he was doing. And it was like a few plays later or before he's pointing a finger and screaming at teammates. It's like, dude, you, you are playing horrible and you're trying to pass blame on other people. I mean, that's, I'm sorry. What are you bringing to the table at this point? So it is what it is. I don't mean to end it on a bad note or a, a, you know, a aggravating note, but man, Savage is hopefully he doesn't become a liability all year. Yeah, well, and here's some just real quick funny anecdotes. So we're all sitting here, again, like you said, let's keep it positive. Week ones are crazy. This week one was insane. As I'm sitting here, I got a text from Tony showing me that on prize picks, which is a potential future sponsor, he uh, is about one Javante Williams touchdown. The Broncos are playing the Seattle Seahawks right now, away from 10 times in his bet of 20 bucks. The guy, Like I said, the guy's got a horseshoe lodged up his butt at all times. <laughs> and also as I'm sitting here, I got the Seattle Seahawks game up on the uh, the big screen as I'm watching, and I got the stat mm-hmm. line here. Geno Smith is 21 for 25 for 191 yards and two touchdowns. He's <laughs> beaten who would have ever – yeah, because that's who everybody thought for sure. And, uh, yeah. you know, Colby Parkinson is their leading receiver with a touchdown. Like, when Will Disley is their second. <laughs> it's just – you know, yeah. you never know what's going to happen in uh, in football and the NFL, especially in fantasy sports and betting. So we all sit here and we want to get all pouty about week one. We just need to pump the brakes and realize that stuff happens, man, as uh, yeah. Forrest Gump said, but a little less clean. Stuff <laughs> hey, happens. It's week one, man. Michael Lombardi said it best. Week one is the closest thing to the playoffs you're going to get because every team thinks they've got a shot. All the fans are jacked up. The stadiums are packed. Everybody's excited for the football season. Anything can happen week one. And he, what he said, be very, very careful betting on week one because wacky things happen. We've seen it last year with the Packers Saints. Uh, the Vikings game, he actually called. He said he talked about – and I don't want to turn into just gambling talk, but he basically talked about how home division underdogs – were like 16. It, it was it was a crazy amount of winning percentage. And I looked up, and he's like, there's three games that catch my eye, and that was one of them, Minnesota Green Bay. And I was like, man. And then, lo and behold, the day of, Bakhtiari out, Elton Jenkins out. That's oh, why gosh. you see me on the stream sitting here, Jacob beating my Cocoa Pebbles going, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Let's just get to next week. <laughs> so, oh, it is man. what it is, man. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here, bro? We're just about out of time. Uh just, you know, a shameless plug. It sounds like that we're going to be um, very thankful to do two podcasts a week for the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. You've been more gracious than anyone in allowing us to kind of double drop on the Tuesdays and Saturdays. It sounds like what Ryan wants to do. Um, nice. That gives us right after the Monday night game, we can recap the whole week. And then that lets us re- uh, give you guys some, you know, a preview into the next week, the day before this, the, the Sunday game. So it's, I'm really excited, man. I've, it just, I feel so blessed to be a part of this network and hang out with you guys and be able to talk football for, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing. So I really think we got a great crew and I'm excited to get into week two. It's Bears week. 
Absolutely, dude. It's on, man. Sunday night football. Get to watch football all day Sunday and then get ready for that Sunday night game. I'll have my Cocoa Pebbles ready. I promise you that. It's going to be the next sponsor of Packer, Packers Total Access, Cocoa, Cocoa Pebbles. Pebbles. <laughs> I love what you said, too, on the stream. You said, what are you eating, Clayton? Cocoa Pebbles. What are you, five? <laughs> hey, man, you got to stay young at heart, dude. It's just the way That's it right. is. What's funny is there was one of the listeners evidently messaged Ryan and said, Clayton's been eating for an hour and a half. Where's he putting all this, right? And they seen me, they seen me slam down some ribs and drink two beers, and then I went right to the Cocoa Pebbles immediately afterwards. Well, hey. It's because you got to keep up that uh, nickname, Sweet Cheeks. It's all going to that booty. Hey, on, <laughs> Why you got to bring that up? All right, we're getting out of here. It's going to get bad. Guys, right. thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go, Pat, go.